Lord Jesus, we are thankful that you are our salvation. Thankful, Lord, you have saved us by your grace, by your death on the cross, and that you have conquered death by your resurrection. And Lord, I pray that today, as we remember, as we proclaim, as we celebrate, that, Lord, uh, you would be even closer to us as we draw closer to you. And I pray, Jesus, in your name, amen. One of my favorite things in elementary school was show and tell. I don't know if it was yours or not. One reason was that meant the teacher wasn't teaching. No, that's one reason. So it was a time, usually when the kids were showing something and telling a story. So I'm going to do some show and tell. This here is a baseball. In the back, you can't see what's on it. I mean, not a real baseball, ceramic baseball. Actually, it's a, a bank. There's no money in it, though. It says uh, Wayne Indians 1978. And so Aww. my claim to fame is that I did hit a home run for the Indians. Woo! Yes. <laughs> wow. Obviously in Little League. <laughs> and only one home run in all my Little League days. And at that time, they would give a free hamburger to any kid who hit a home run. <laughs> so that was even more exciting than rounding the bases as the ball went over the fence. But little scrawny kid I was, when I went up to the concession stand, they didn't believe me. <laughs> they said, you're just trying to get a free hamburger. We know you didn't hit a home run. So I had to go get my coach, and my coach vouched for me that, yes, indeed, I had hit a home run, and I got my free hamburger. So this reminds me of that one and only home run for not the Cleveland Indians, the Mechanicsville Indians. <laughs> Now this one is a toucan, or as they say in England, a toucan, and this reminds me of the weekend I spent in Belize with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> when I say that, most of the men get jealous, and the ladies are disgusted that their pastor would even mention that. <laughs> But when I tell you the rest of the story, the men are not going to be impressed, and the ladies are going to be relieved. All right. So, yes, I, we took a missions trip when I was in Damascus to Belize, and it was a week of camp, ministering to the Christians in Belize who were going to camp. So there were kids, teenagers, and we were a group of adults and teenagers who did the camp for them that week. The first weekend we were there, we actually stayed in a hotel. That's being generous. It was just really a place to sleep. That was our place of staying until we went to the camp starting Monday morning. There was a couple there who ran the place. And the wife of the couple actually had been a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader the whole story. In 1960, when the Dallas Cowboys started, the first year they had high school students from the local high schools cheerlead for the games. So she was a high school cheerleader. She cheered for the Cowboys, and this was 50 years later, so now she's 70 years old. <laughs> and of course she was married, and they were just running the hotel, and I was in the room by myself in a very dark and really kind of moldy place to sleep. So, this reminds me, not really of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, but of our trip to Belize. 
So aren't you relieved, ladies? And aren't you not as impressed now? <laughs> we like show and tell because we like to see things. We like to hear stories. And God knows that. That's why throughout the Bible, He gives us symbols, things to look at, to remind us of what He's done. And that's what we're doing today. We have symbols. We have bread. We have a cup. We have water. Symbols. Uh, the Bible tells us what these symbols mean. Uh, Paul told us in 1 Corinthians, he says, I passed on to you what I received from the Lord, that on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As he held the bread, he said, this is my body. He was telling us this is a, a symbol, this is a reminder. When you see this bread and you eat this meal, remember my body. And, and Paul says, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this is the new cup, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So he says, the cup, when you drink it, remember the shedding of my blood. Remember that there is now a new covenant. And these symbols of bread and a cup will remind you of what I have done. Water, when we come to the baptism, will be a moment for those being baptized, not only just to get wet, but isn't it true that when we are usually bathing in water, it is to clean? It's a reminder that once we were dead in sin, but now our sins have been forgiven, and now we are clean. In fact, we wear robes of righteousness that when God sees us, he sees the Lord Jesus and his righteousness rather than our sin. And, as Paul tells us in Colossians, and I do want to read this. I forgot my glasses. Excuse me. When I was younger, I never had to do this. But those of you who are older, you understand. Paul says in Colossians, you have been, uh, excuse me, in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not done with hands, but by circumcision with Christ. Here it is. Having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith and the working of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our sins. So Paul says when you are baptized, you are buried with Jesus. Going down into the water is a symbol of Jesus' burial. Also a symbol of our death when we were dead in sins. And coming up out of the water is a reminder that Jesus was resurrected and that we have new life in him. Those are the symbols. Bread, cup, and water. 
But you know the symbols mean nothing by your, themselves. And in fact, I've been telling you what they mean. It, isn't it true that uh, if you see a, a fish on the back of someone's vehicle, and if it's drawn in the way that looks Christian, you would assume they're Christians because you know what the symbol means. It's an ancient symbol from the earliest Christians. The Greek name for fish is ichthus. And they used the letters to spell the name fish, to spell out Jesus Christ, Lord, Savior. We know that, but if you're an unbeliever and you see that fish on the back of a car, you have no idea what it means. And so the, the symbols themselves are meaningless unless you tell a story with it. Again, if I just came up here and held this up, you would know nothing about it. It would be meaningless. Especially if I held this up. How you get to Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader with this toucan, I would never know. So the symbols, you have to tell a story with them. And this is the story. The story is God created this world and created us. God loves us. And Adam and Eve, whom he created first, were given a perfect place to live and given one command not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But they disobeyed God and they ate from it. From that moment, sin entered the world. And the first effect of sin was separating them from God and separating every human from God. And sin also has other effects. Sin brings natural consequences. Sin brings destruction. Uh, sin even though we may get away with it for a little while, never brings anything positive, healthy, good, or righteous. It always brings destruction and death. But God loved us so much, He did not want Adam and Eve, or us, or anyone that He created to live in that state of sin. In fact, He even kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. So they wouldn't eat from the tree of life and live forever in a state of sin. The Lord wanted to restore that relationship. The ultimate consequence for sin is death, but eternal death, eternal separation from God. Eternal separation in hell. God didn't want that for us. He loved us. So he said, I'm going to pay the price. He sent his son Jesus. Jesus bread representing his body. The body that was born in Jerusalem, excuse me, in Bethlehem. The body that grew to be a man and began a ministry and walked throughout Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria teaching with authority doing miracles to prove that he was the Son of God. But he wasn't here for only miracles wasn't here only to teach with authority. Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost. And Jesus came to die on a cross to pay the penalty for our sin. And he did that. And we were reminded of that when we drank the cup. That as he hung on the cross, his blood was shed. And that blood, <coughs> excuse me, that blood covered, paid for, canceled out our sin. 
He rose again to life after three days being in the tomb. Defeating death. Gaining victory. And he offers a gift. The gift of eternal life. The gift of living with God forever. Not forever in hell in a lake of fire. Not forever evaporate, but forever with the Lord. But that gift has to be received. And it's received by believing, trusting. We believe the facts that Jesus died, that he rose again to life. We believe that he's the Son of God. But we trust in this truth, and really we trust in him, and him alone. We don't try to earn our salvation by doing good works. We don't try to earn our way to heaven through a religion or through actions. We trust in Him, in Him alone, for our salvation. And the Lord promises that anyone, everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. Today, Jackson and Mason have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are publicly going to tell you all that for being baptized in this lake today. And when we eat the bread and we drink the cup, we will remember what the Lord has done for us. That is the showing and the telling. But there's one more thing I want to remind you of today. This is it. There's always a response when you hear the story. You see, when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost to thousands of people, he simply said to them, after he was done, repent and be baptized. He wanted them to respond to the truth. There was nothing, he just didn't hear the story, he just didn't see the story. You had to do something. So I challenge you today, if you have heard this story today, maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time, but you have never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, never believed, never had a moment where you said, yes, Jesus, I accept that gift. I believe in you. Then right now is the moment. As Peter said, repent. Repent of your sins. Believe. Be baptized. Maybe you have put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have received the gift. You are a new creation. But maybe you've never been baptized. We're here. The water's there. You don't have to fill out a form, hand it into the office. You don't have to give us a week's notice so we can make a certificate. You can do it right now. So I encourage you, I challenge you, if you are a brother or sister of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you have never been baptized, be obedient to the Lord this day and be baptized. Jesus said, go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. And I am with you till the end of the year. Jesus commands all who believe in him to be baptized. Talk to me before here and I get in the water. And I'll drag you in the water with me. And you can be baptized today in obedience to the Lord. Many in the New Testament were baptized the same day they believed. They didn't wait a day, weeks, months, years. 
They knew. The first thing Jesus commanded a new believer is to be baptized. So, I offer that. This again. Grab me before I get in the water. I can baptize you. This is the last thing. I know most of you, maybe all of you, are believers. You've been baptized. You've used the symbols. You know the story. You know the meaning. Well, it doesn't just stop there. We are commanded, as I just said, to go and make disciples. We are commanded to go and tell. We are commanded to show and tell. And I want to read this last verse. I get a familiar one to you from Romans. But Paul and his logic is very clear and it's very obvious when you hear it. Paul says <clears throat> this. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want you to hear that first. Again, an invitation to believe. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. But Paul goes on further to say this. But how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? You can't call on the Lord and praise him if you haven't believed in him. But he also says, and how can they believe without hearing about him? How can you believe in Jesus if you've never heard his name? If you've never heard what he's done for you, you can't. And then Paul goes on, and how can they hear without a preacher? Well, that sounds obvious, doesn't it? How does someone hear about Jesus? Someone tells them. And when he says preacher, he doesn't mean an ordained minister, someone who's gone to seminary, someone who has degrees on his wall. He means a Christian. Because every Christian is a preacher, is a proclaimer, is a teller of the store. As it is written, how welcome are the feet of those who announce the gospel of good things. But all did not obey the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. <clears throat> and then he continues to talk about how Israel rejected God, but those who believe in Jesus accept the message. How wonderful it is to be a proclaimer of the message of the gospel. So, this afternoon, after we have this wonderful day here, this wonderful food, go and tell somebody what you did this morning. Tell them this week. And tell them why. Tell them what Jesus did for them. I'm going to pray. And as I'm praying, Steve, did you get some guys that are ready? Our, the, the deacons will hand you, again, our prepackaged communion things, okay? I'll give you time here. It's a little bit less formal, and I'll give you some tips on how to get that thing all <laughs> taken apart, okay? So what I want to do today is we are going to wait till everyone's got everything, and you're ready, okay? So after I pray, they're going to pass them out, and we will have the Lord's Supper together. But as I'm praying, as we are partaking of the Lord's Supper, what I said earlier, I am serious about. If you want to be baptized today, let me know, and we will baptize you this morning. So I'm going to pray, and Steve, you be in place, please. Lord Jesus, we come to this time now to remember 
what you have done for us. I pray, Lord, that as we remember, we are first convicted of how deep and dark our sin is. And that we also, Lord, rejoice in that you have forgiven all of our sin. So I pray, Lord, in this moment, it will be a time of remembering what you have done for us, a time of reflecting on our life, where we are. I pray it also be a time for us to repent of any sin that's hindering us in our life with you. Lord, I pray that before we put that bread to our lips, before we drink from that cup, that all of our sins have been confessed before you, that we are right with you, that nothing stands in our way to be close to you in communion as we partake together. And I pray also, Lord, as we eat and we drink, we rejoice. Rejoice that we are family, that you have saved us, that we will remember and tell this story until you come for us. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> During this time as they pass them, please take this time to pray. As you heard me pray, think about your life. For sin, confess it. If you were closer to the Lord and you walked away, return to Him. As you heard me pray, I want us all, when we partake, to have nothing separating us from God. To be completely close to Him. So I'm going to stop talking so you can do that. Okay? <laughs> let's pray and let's prepare. Prepare before the meal. The bread represents Jesus' body. And again, listen to the words of the Apostle Paul quoting our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, On the night that Jesus was betrayed, He took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it. And He said, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Paul tells us, likewise after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Paul's last words when he talks about the Lord's Supper is this. Whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. A reminder that in the symbols, in the significance of them, we proclaim, we tell a story. And also that we tell that story until Jesus comes back. I'm still still speaking. You're still here. He hasn't come back. So let's tell it today and tell it tomorrow and each and every day until he comes back. But this time, we are going to go to the lake. Uh, we are allowed to use the lake, but we are not allowed to kick anybody off the beach. Okay? So, having said that, there are some folks who are here today to enjoy the nice weather and the beach. So, we are going to be polite and kind 
and not disturb them or stand, you know, you know what I mean. You, you know how to be polite, okay? So, uh, Mason and Jackson, Pastor Brady and I are going to go into the water. Y'all gather in a way that you can see without being a pest to those on the beach. <laughs> if you want to be baptized, I said again, grab me before I get into the water and I'll take you in there with me. Okay? So let's go to the beach. Let's go to the water, those being baptized. I am going to say this too. I have talked to Mason, Pastor Betty, talked to Jackson, and both of them, after they are baptized, are going to join the church today. So we'll applaud that, and we'll officially vote them in after the baptize. Okay, we can't officially do it now, can we? <laughs> but having said that, if there's anyone else that is here today who would like to join the church, think about it in the next two minutes. And if you would like to, can just come to the front of the shore here and we'll welcome you into membership in a moment as well. Okay? So, having said that, Mason's going first. All right, Mason. I know Mason is excited. I know his family has been part of Olive Branch Church for a couple of years now. And the rest of his uh, family who are older have joined the church. But he comes today to be baptized in the church. So, Mason. Has there been a point in your life where you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation? Is your desire today to be baptized in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it also your desire to continue to follow the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience for the rest of your life? All right, I love the confidence of those yeses. I'll turn you this way. Okay. Well, Mason, my brother. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
I want to tell this one quick story about Ken and Esther. Ken and Esther moved uh, into our neighborhood, actually not that long ago, and they were looking for a church. And they saw all of these We Miss You signs all over our neighborhood. And Esther, I still don't know how you went from a logo and a sheet to finding our website, but that is what Esther did. She was able to find our website from that sheet and logo, and they came to church, they've been coming ever since. And so it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me all the different ways that God uses to bring someone to Him in salvation and also bring Him to a church to worship together with and to serve Him. What a wonderful story. Wonderful family. Ken and Esther, Jackson, and Mason. We want to welcome you into uh, Olive Branch Baptist Church as members today. All those who are in favor, say amen. Amen. For anyone who doesn't want to say amen, say me afterwards. What a wonderful, wonderful day. I want to say one last prayer, and then it is time to eat. I have one more announcement. When you are ready to go, please find uh, Denny Hardy or find uh, Larry Wilson, and they will drive the bus or the van up there for you. Or if you just see people getting on, you can get on there too, all right? So those are the guys for your ride back up. And uh, are there any instructions for the meal? I guess we'll find out when you get close to the tent. All right. Let's, let's go to the Lord one more time in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for life. We thank you for eternal life. And we thank you today for Mason and for Jackson and their baptism. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, protect them in their life. I pray, Lord, that they would walk in obedience with you. I pray that both would grow up to be godly men who serve you and love you and love others and serve others. I pray, Lord, that we as a church would help their families to instruct them and teach them in the Christian faith and help them to walk with you. I pray, Lord, also for Ken and Esther and Uriah. Thank you, Lord, that you have brought them to Olive Branch, and I pray that you would bless their family as they worship and serve with Olive Branch. Lord, we thank you for a beautiful day and beautiful celebration, and Lord, now we pray your blessing upon the food we're about to eat, and you strengthen it for our bodies and our bodies for your service. And I pray, Jesus, in your name, amen. Amen. One last thing. Thank you to everyone who brought tents. Got the food, got everything together for this wonderful day. Wherever they are, let's applaud them for all of that. And you are welcome to stay all afternoon. Enjoy the water, enjoy the swings, the playground. Go home when you're ready. Stay as long as you want. Thanks for coming. You guys haven't tried that?